G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. G'day and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. A disturbing and controversial topic has been unveiled in a new movie documentary screened recently at the Sydney Film Festival. The movie is called The Act of Killing. Justine Toe is a senior research fellow at the Centre for Public Christianity, but she's also an honorary associate of the Department of Media, Music and Cultural Studies at Macquarie University. Justine loves the philosophical questions raised in the latest movies on our screens, and she recently discussed this latest offering with Neil Johnson. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me on the program. Justine, when the Sydney Film Festival comes around, you must uh, be having a field day uh, watching some great movies, knowing that you're going to be writing uh, about uh, philosophical issues, but issues that really touch something deeper in humanity. Oh, absolutely. I do love sneaking off, you know, during the middle of the office day to go and watch a movie. Um, But I also spend most of the movie just scribbling furiously in the dark. And that was certainly the case for this film, The Act of Killing, because it just throws up so many um, philosophical questions about justice, about mercy, about whether we believe that there is a right and there is a wrong. Because, I mean, how about I just start by telling you what the film's about? Yes, in a nutshell, uh, what is the film about? Sure, okay. So it's a documentary. Um, A filmmaker, Joshua Oppenheimer, tried to go to Indonesia to film interviews with survivors of these anti-communist purges that happened in the 60s. But he found that all the people who survived, all their families, were really afraid to talk to him. And he couldn't get anyone to go on camera. And I think because there was such a fear of reprisal in the community. So one of the victims actually said, why don't you talk to the killers, the people who carried out these state-sanctioned killings of dissidents, communists, Chinese people as well. Um, And so he did. And bizarrely enough, they were very happy to talk about it. They were uh, gloating and boasting about all the people that killed and some over a million people lost their lives in these massacres. So he, he does this, these interviews with these killers and even more strangely, they're all, uh, he, talks to two of, he talks to two of them in particular and these happen to be Hollywood fans, they're fans of these films and they, they agreed to restage the sorts of murders they carried out but according to the you know, tropes of Hollywood cinema. So it was like they were in their own Hollywood action film. So you can imagine it's a very strange, bizarre blend of historical memory with these interviews. It does sound... fiction as well. It sounds so far from the reality that I guess most of us appreciate. Uh, when you think that there are killers who might be accused of all sorts of mass murders or genocides... Uh, who are still alive today, who are roaming around and boasting about their exploits and yet may never actually make it to uh, any, any sort of justice. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, these guys think they're on the right side. You know what I mean? Like, according to them, they're heroes. They're national heroes. Their country called upon to uh, called upon them to do a duty, and they carried it out. And so it's just I was just gobsmacked when you see one of the killers, Anwar Congo, take the filmmaker Joshua Oppenheimer up into a roof where Anwar used to carry out these murders, and he actually demonstrates how he used to kill people. You know, it's just and he's smiling and saying, "Oh, you know, I, this was very efficient because there's not." so much blood on the floor now if I can do it this way and it's just you're sitting there going I can't believe I'm watching this you know it's it was it was shocking in that sense and I think it really outrages us um in a way because as you say this this is something that's completely out of our experience and yet it's it's such an injustice that these guys um are still free and happy to um talk about it because they can because they they live with impunity the shock value of a uh, topic like that and, of course, uh, exploring that in a documentary is something uh, that uh, is confronting and we're supposed to be confronted by it. But what sort of deeper messages does it show about our societies and maybe perhaps not even talking about societies but humanity in general? Oh, it's, it's pretty incredible. There's, a, there's, a, there's another killer called Adi and he's talking to Joshua when they're in the car. And Artie says all this stuff like, morality is relative. You know, I, Americans killed Native Americans. Cain killed Abel, he says. So why should I feel bad about what I've done? You know, he says that, um, that war crimes are determined by the winners as well. So it <laughs> throws up a lot of very interesting questions here. He's essentially saying, Artie is, is sort of justifying to himself what he's done. And I think that does point to our human tendency to, to tell certain stories about, you know, how we've lived and what we've done in order so, oh, so that we can live with ourselves and, not, and, and be able to sleep at night. But of course, you know, I mean, the way that Oppenheimer talked about this, because he was at the screening that I was at, the director, he says that Artie knows what's really going on, but he's just telling himself... He's, like, this story, he's, he's lulling himself into this false sense of security because if he has to really confront what he has, to, what he has done, then it's going to be horrific. Um, turns out that um, Anwar Congo, the first guy who took Joshua up onto the roof to show him how he killed people, he actually undergoes his own sort of journey in the film and when he is brought to this realisation of what he's done, it's just it's shocking uh, to watch him and, and to, to see the level of grief and, and regret that he feels at, at what he's done. You're listening to the 2020 podcast and we're hearing about a disturbing and controversial documentary that was screened recently at the Sydney Film Festival. It's called The Act of Killing and unveils the reality that in Indonesia there are killers responsible for genocides and war crimes that will probably never be brought to justice. Justine Toe is our guest. She's a senior research fellow at the Centre for Public Christianity, an honorary associate of the Department of Media, Music and Cultural Studies at Macquarie University. And she's been talking to Neil Johnson about how people try to make excuses outside of a theistic framework for their behaviour. Well, in some ways, you can understand why they do, you know, because no one wants to um, feel like they're in the wrong or that they're doing wrong. Um, and, yeah, so we, we've talked about Anwar in the past, right? Anwar, he's one of the killers um, that's interviewed in this film. Once he realises what he's done and the sorts of murders that he's carried out, the fact that he's gotten away with it for all this time, he's absolutely crushed. And he says to the filmmaker, have I sinned? I did this to so many people. And he has this realisation because... He um, has earlier demonstrated this technique of, you know, how to kill people, and he has to undergo a fake version of that in one of the film scenes that they're recreating. And just that experience of undergoing his own 
you know, torture method, he understands what he's done. Interesting but, terminology when he says, have I sinned? Yeah. Because uh, in Christianity, we have an appreciation for what sin is and what sins are. But, uh, but when he uses that word sin, what do you think that means to him? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure of his background. I mean, he's an Indonesian gentleman, so I'm assuming that he has a Muslim background. Um, but it's funny because sin has a particular resonance within a Christian tradition. Uh, but it's, it, what I find quite interesting is that Joshua Oppenheimer, the filmmaker, doesn't really engage so much with this term. Uh, at one point in the film, he asks Anwar if Anwar believes in karma. Uh, and, you know, Anwar just says something about that. But I think it just shows how we're not used, used to dealing with Christian concepts, so, like so-called, um, anymore, that there's a particular sort of offence to them. But I do think that, you know, the way that Anwar frames what he's done as sin, rather than a war crime, for example, it shows us that he's operating on a level that is entirely different to the one that we tend to operate with today in our secular context. Because words like war crime, right, it's, it's not a neutral term, but it's a term that strips out any mention of God, let's say. Whereas sin, even though it doesn't mention God per se, it, it introduces a religious uh, you know, divine kind of transcendent dimension to our life. So you have to think about God in that sense. Whereas a war crime, you think about a human court, right, and maybe going to jail for what you've done. But the word sin, I guess, conjures up a more cosmic understanding of bad behavior, if you want to put it that way. And this idea that you'll have to answer one day to God, to something beyond humans, in order to pay for what you've done. And that is devastating for Anwar to, to contemplate. It's interesting for us to explore that too, because oftentimes we talk about sin and it's like a throwaway word. But in the context that you're talking about it uh, with this movie, uh, it's almost the harsher word to use about the types of behaviour and uh, killing people than even words like genocide and and war crime, and uh, when you think of it in in light of uh, of the importance of the strength of that word, it really does bring that to the fore. Oh, absolutely! And you should see Anwar when he returns to the rooftop where he had earlier taken Joshua. You know, his grief is so present. He's actually he actually wretches several times um, on film just because he's got this really visceral regret. It really hits him at the gut. You know, this level of what he's done. You know, it, it, it's horrific to watch in that this is a man who is quite a fearful man at the start of the film, but he becomes a really tragic, pitiful character. And I say that without wanting to minimise what he's done, because it's, it's appalling. But you can see that level of grief, you know, and it, it's, it's a very powerful statement. And I think what um, part of what Joshua Oppenheimer wanted to communicate with this film is that the line between good and evil, you know, runs through every human heart. I mean, he wouldn't put it in those terms. But he said at the screening that, you know, crimes, of, like the worst crimes that we can think of are committed, are committed by people just like you and me. And I think that is something that all of us should consider. You know, we often think that bad people, they're over there, I'm over here. But a film like this should force us to examine ourselves, I think, and think about, um, you know, where have I acted in a way that was less than worthy of, of me or perhaps of the God that I believe in.
Justine, The Act of Killing, that's the title of the film. Uh, you see lots of films, and I know you just love to do reviews and you, uh, you uh, deconstruct them and you bring out uh, the things that are being stated about humanity and about God. What would be, out of this film, uh, the primary theme and the thing that, uh, that communicates deep things uh, to the person who sees it? Well, I think that justice is really comes out of this film. You know, or basically we see the lack of justice happen in this film because these guys have managed to live very happy lives after these committing these terrible crimes. And I think when Adi brings up Cain and Abel when he's saying when he's in the car with Joshua and he says, you know, Cain killed Abel, he's he's basically saying that humans kill each other, so I shouldn't be brought to trial. But it really strikes me that, you know, because he's brought up the Cain and Abel story, um when Cain kills Abel in the biblical narrative, God goes to Cain and he confronts him and he says, what have you done? I can hear your brother's blood cry out from the ground. So it's like, you know, if there is no God, then Abel's blood may be screaming to heaven, but there's no one there to hear it. And that makes us think as well, if there is no God, then what happens to injustice? Do, do, do the bad people just get away with it? You know, do we get, are we just able to, to go on our merry way and not even worry so much about the things that we've done? It's a, it's a, if you follow the line of logic, it's pretty horrific to think about. So I'm really glad that God does exist. And so it means that there is hope for ultimate justice, that, that one day all that was wrong can be put right and can be restored. And, and, and that, you know, people will get their day in court ultimately. And Justine, there's also ripples created in Indonesia because this documentary is brought to light that there are people who are walking around freely boasting about exploits of the past and their acts of killing in what we would understand as as war crimes and genocide. Oh, totally. I think it's been a, a very big open secret for several decades now. Um, I know that Tempo, the nation's biggest news magazine, um, was kind of thinking maybe, you know, Oppenheimer got lucky, so let's send out all our journalists to see if we can find killers as well who are happy to talk about what they did, and they found lots. So, you know, you got to say, if you were Oppenheimer, you would be pretty happy at least that now that people can talk about this thing and it's out in the open. But at the same time, you got to wonder, because I remember a very, I was very... Um, I was, I was watching this, especially as the, as the credits rolled. And, you know, I would say about 70% of the names that you saw featured in this documentary, you know, like being behind the scenes sort of support people, it was labelled anonymous. So it's like all these people are afraid to actually show that they worked on this film for, because they're, they're afraid that someone's going to, you know, hurt them or, you know, do something to their families or whatever. So I don't know if justice is possible in our limited human frame you know what i mean i think that the the bad guys in some ways are going to get away with it and so that's why i'm as i said before very happy that there is a god because there is the promise of ultimate justice then now i started off saying uh, perhaps most of us mightn't get a chance to see uh, this film Uh, it is the act of killing it was screened recently at the sydney film festival uh, it's possibly going to be part of a Sydney travelling film festival that might go to a whole bunch of regional centres. Justine, you've got an idea roughly where the travelling festival is going to go. Which centres do you think uh, are likely to be uh, recipients of seeing this film? Well, I know it's going to Dubbo and Wagga, Tamworth, Bundaberg, uh, Mackay, Cairns, 
Charters Towers as well in Queensland. Um, also Catherine and Darwin, um, Alice Springs as well. These are the ones that I can see right now. But if um, if people want to Google uh, Travelling Film Festival Sydney, then or Sydney Travelling Film Festival, then you'll be able to see uh, what regional centres it's, it's visit it's going to. Um, I might also mention that you can check out the Act of Killing online. You just go to theactofkilling.com um, and you can find more information about the film from there. And if I were to suggest, if anyone was going to go and see the film, uh, to actually read your review of it, uh, which puts some things uh, very pleasantly and uh, uh, and very cleverly in place when it comes to uh, your uh, the way that you've deconstructed that film and you've brought out some of the deeper meanings. Uh, Justine Toe is Senior Research Fellow at the Centre for Public Christianity. Uh, she's also Honorary Associate of the Department of Media, Music and Cultural Studies at Macquarie University. Justine, always insightful. Uh, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Absolute pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.